you can have a seat, you don't have to stand. Um, <laughs> makes me nervous. <laughs> Gonna grab the mic out my hand. So transformation, individual transformation is our zone that we're pursuing. And um, as, I, as I just imagine the, the story of God in terms of t- personal transformation, started off with him just kind of picturing our world and wondering how he's going to change the trajectory of our world. Imagine that as your job description, to change the trajectory of creation. What tools would you reach for in order to utterly change the world? What tools would you put in your toolbox? Kinds of things that God reached for was that he gave us his Holy Spirit to to live in us, to indwell us, to equip us, to lead us to church, I mean to truth. He sent his son into earth, to earth, to, to, to visit us so that we can picture how life can actually be lived. Performed incredible miracles. Can you imagine being in a situation where the food is just unending? You know, buckets and buckets of it left over. Can you imagine watching somebody walk on, on water or raising the dead? The impact that that must have been in people's life. Incredible change. Um, can you imagine being part of Jesus' sermons as another one of his tools? Stands on the side of the mountain and he preaches this ripper of a sermon that millennia later is still kind of reverberating in this world of ours. And these are the kinds of things that Jesus, that God reached for in order to change us and change the world, to change creation. Here's one thing that I think often slips off our radar though in terms of God wanting to change the world. God also set up epic conversations. Jesus also set up epic conversations with the people near him to change the world forever. Can you remember this story? This is after Jesus had lived and died and he was talking to Peter who had denied him three times and they've just had a fish bra where Peter was fishing and they've just had a fish bra. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to them, Simon, son of John, John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus says, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and so he carries on. There's a conversation that Jesus has with Peter that changes him for life. The tool that was used most powerfully in that moment was a great conversation. If you go back to that moment in the upper room after, or just before the death of Jesus and they're busy sitting and they're having bread and wine, they're having a meal. We think sometimes that communion you know, that first communion was like this very formal setup. And there was definitely elements of that. But in a very real sense, what is happening there was just a great conversation. 
where Jesus was saying to his followers, from now on, whenever you eat this, remember me. Whenever you drink this, remember the blood that was shed. One of the most powerful tools in God's toolbox to change this world is great conversations. Great conversations. About a year ago, we launched the idea of LTCs, life-transforming conversations in our church. Some people are like, nah. We'll talk about that in the, in the moment. Life-transforming conversations. The kinds of conversations that Jesus had that changed people's lives forever. And we started a journey of pursuing those conversations in our church. And that's what we're going to go back to for a few moments here. Drawing us back to, to the fact that we need each other to have those kinds of quali quality conversations to become more and more like Christ. And he's going to take us a little bit further into that. Richard's reminded us that we need, we need help to change. Um, I saw that most powerfully um, in my own life where I, I needed help to bring about a major behavior change. And the right conversations with the right people um, helped me dramatically. So many of you, if you know me well, you know that I'm the least sporty person out. Um, back in my, my days at school, if I made a sports team, I was always reserved, so I very seldom got to play. Uh, much to Richard's embarrassment, I played a game called korfball. Um, yes, it is a sport. It's um, kind of a little bit of netball, a little bit of basketball. And I probably played that sport because nobody would have me on their regular teams. Uh, when it came to running, I used to cross that line last. But about four years ago, that all changed. And it started with a conversation happening around me between Richard and Stuart Faree uh, about a fitness challenge, 12-week fitness challenge. Um, you joined a WhatsApp group and achieved goals each week. And I very dubiously joined this WhatsApp group and began my goal of, of running four kilometers without walking. Uh, by the end of the 12 weeks, I actually ran 10 kilometers with limited walking. That was the first conversation. Uh, then I heard about the 15-kilometer Westville Christmas Challenge, um, and I told my, my gardener, Enoch, uh, who has done numerous comrades and actually has six silver medals, that I wanted to do this race. He was so enthusiastic and excited and said, I'm running with you. And I was like, no, you're not. You're going to be right in the front. I'm going to be right at the back. You just, just go at your own pace. He said, no, I'm staying with you. I finished that 15-kilometer race because he just had a conversation the whole way. Richard said I probably spoke the most, but I was just breathing. He just chatted. Um, and I finished a 15-kilometer race. At the end of that race, Debbie came and just whispered in my ear, well done, uh, Cindy, but in March, there's the 21-kilometer the Deloitte challenge. I was like, my eyes got big. I said, that's another six kilometers. Are you mad? And Debbie said, come on, man, only six kilometers. And her, her voice in my head, I was like, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's so many more. Maybe I can do it. So then I had a conversation with Rain Jacobs and invited her and said, should we train together? And she shared her, her training uh, plan with me, and we would run our long runs together once a week. Um, and then came March the 18th, 2019. And here's Cindy. I refused to wear the shirt until I'd actually run the race. Here's Cindy in her kit 
with rain and off we go and I ran a half marathon. Guys, from, <laughs> from an unsporty golfball player to a half marathon runner, that's virtually miraculous. But the principle behind it is that I had help. That behavior change from being unsporty to running a half marathon was because of the right conversations with the right people. People who loved running, people who knew more about running than I did. I want to repeat that principle. When life change is going to happen, the single, the single biggest thing that transformed and changed me was lots of great conversations with people who loved running. And the same applies to our relationship with Jesus. And far more important from being unsporty to being a runner, Jesus wants to bring us out of behaviors that are destructive to us, that, that are harmful to us. And he wants to call us to be more like him. From being unforgiving to forgiving. From being angry to be self-controlled. Unfaithful to faithful. Lying to truthful. Fearful to peaceful and so many more great things that he wants to change in our lives. There's a saying that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. In other words, you and I, we're the product. We model, we become like those people we spend the most time with. And I wanna add to that and say that we are the product of the people who we invite into our lives to have conversations with us about important things. If you wanna be a better parent, invite parents into your life who are good at what they do, who are passionate about their kids, love their kids. If you wanna be a better spouse, avoid those conversations with people who break your partner down and who are derogatory about marriage. If we're gonna make drastic life changes and be transformed, we need to be very intentional about two types of conversations. Firstly, we need to talk to Jesus every day. Have a conversation with Jesus every day. And secondly, we need to have conversations with people who love Jesus, who are passionate about Jesus. Just like I did with people who loved running and they inspired me. If you and I long to look more like Jesus, we need to spend extravagant time with Jesus. We're the product of the people we spend the most time with. Let's spend more time with Jesus so that we know what he likes, we know what he loves, and that catches on in our lives. As a church, we introduced you last year to our dream. Our dream is that everybody at home ground, every day, spends time with Jesus. Imagine how radically different we'd be. John mentioned the early disciples, and I want to point to Peter and John. They were radically different. Early on, close to the, the crucifixion of Jesus, you see them hiding away behind locked doors, terrified for their very lives. But soon after the resurrection of Jesus, we see these two men speaking boldly about Jesus. And they were then arrested, and, and those who arrested them saw their courage and re realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. These men were no longer afraid. 
Not only weren't they afraid, it says here, they courageously and boldly spoke about Jesus. Why were they different? What had changed? They'd been arrested by the same people who killed Jesus. Why were they so bold and unafraid? Not only had they spent time with Jesus before he died, but they'd spent time with the resurrected Jesus. They realized he was almighty God, and he now lived inside them. Being with Jesus resulted in these men. They were fearless. Uh, they, Peter healed people by his very shadow. They touched thousands and, and, and healed diseases. People repented and came to know Jesus as they preached. Imagine what home ground church would look like if all of us every day spend time with Jesus. Imagine the bad habits we'd have victory over. Imagine our thriving marriages. Imagine our patient and self-controlled parenting. Imagine us being hopeful, joyful South Africans. Imagine many people coming to know Jesus and being healed and broken lives restored. Why? Because like Peter and John, we've been with Jesus. We all know that we want to be more like Jesus. We all know the importance of spending time with Jesus. But yet we struggle to do it. You know, I know how important it is to eat healthily. I have this desire to be healthy. I desire to eat healthily. Uh, but you know, you bring that chocolate across my path and that sweet confectionery and my healthy eating goals just go out the window. But I have a friend and she also desires to eat healthily and exercise. And so once a week, we have a WhatsApp conversation. Hey, how's it gone this week to eat healthily? And we hold each other accountable. And you know what? I say a lot more yeses to healthy food and a lot more noes to unhealthy food. Because I know Tara's going to check in with me on a Sunday. And you and I, if we want to reach this dream of every day spending time with Jesus... We need to help each other in this. We need to have the right conversations with, with people who love Jesus, with people who like Enoch a little bit further along the walk with Jesus, people who encourage us, people who ask us good questions about that. In Hebrews, God calls us to consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. The Bible over and over tells us we're not meant to navigate our relationship with Jesus alone. We need each other. You know, there've been times in my life where, where God has highlighted an area he wants to change. Uh, it's often in my interactions with my children. When they were very little, God said, you gotta deal with anger. Now that I have a, a teenager and a young adult, God's highlighted to me fear. You've got to deal with fear or you'll never sleep again, Cindy. And so I've recognized that I need to spend time in his presence, reading on verses about peace and trust, memorizing verses about fear. I've invited people into my life and said, hey, how do you overcome fear around your teenagers? How do you cope with fear? I've had people pray with me and for me. And so I encourage you that if you want to change a behavior, going from unsporty to a runner spiritually, invite Jesus. 
have conversations with him regularly so that you can become more like him in that area and invite other people into your lives to talk about this. So we're gonna take just a, a minute now for you to reflect. In your book, there's, there's a question there. Ask God to highlight an area in your life that Jesus wants you to reflect him more in. And then ask him to reveal one or two or three people that you can have a life-transforming conversation about that area.